celebratory and i am just delighted to be back on this platform to be able to minister once again um and today i am actually going to continue in something that was taught a few weeks ago um a few weeks ago i spent a little bit of time um dealing with the dangers of a contaminated belief system is there living in you? And so today, this will be a part two. If you've been following us, you guys know that Dr. Larry spent a, um, did a powerful series on um, dangers of a contaminated belief system. And I stayed in that same vein a few weeks ago, but I'm gonna continue, but I'm gonna go a little bit, uh, I'm still gonna be talking about living, but I'm just gonna continue in that same area as well today. And so I'm actually really excited, really delighted to be able to minister because we are in a special more deed, a holy uh, feast, a holy week. This is the week of unleavened bread. And is as we it's very appropriate to talk about living. You know, one thing is that as ambassadors, the word tells us that we should renew our minds daily. But during this seven day period, it's definitely a time to stop and just spend time before the father asking the father to detox my belief system. What is there any living in me so that we can be blameless so that we can be pleasing in his our lifestyles, I should say, can be pleasing in his sight. So that being said, we're going to go ahead and get started. If you have not already, I would definitely encourage you guys to be sure to like and share the video but also don't want to um definitely want to take an opportunity to make sure that i always thank dr larry for allowing me to be on this platform and allowing allowing me to minister so with that being said we are actually going to go ahead and jump right on in so like i mentioned i'm continuing in more of a part two of is there living in you? And so we're gonna do a brief review. I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on going through um, these notes because like I said, it's already been taught. But if it's the first time that you've joined us, I definitely will um, encourage you to go back and listen, but we can do a quick, quick review. So one thing we talked about in part one was what is living? And ultimately living is influence, it's religion, anything that is coming into our belief systems as belief, anything that we're allowing into our belief systems that is not um, light, anything that's not from a pure kingdom source. Like for example, religion is, is, um, is a form of living. And there's several forms of living, but like I said, it's just a review. So what else is influence, what other influences are there out there um, is, is what living is, okay? Um, there are characteristics of living. Living has to have this environment to grow and really cultivate a belief system because when living touches something, it completely takes over. In part one, I talked about making cinnamon rolls because that's something that I do with my children uh, from time to time. And when we make those cinnamon rolls, I have to use yeast and those cinnamon rolls actually go through two rest periods. So that leaven takes time. I have to give that leaven permission to go in and work through that dough so that it can turn into this big, pretty, fluffy cinnamon roll at the end of our baking process. And so it's the same thing that leaven, if we allow it into our belief system, it needs permission to get in. And once it get in, gets in, it takes time to grow. It takes time to produce the product that it wants to produce because the thing about leaven leaven has a clear design a clear purpose and a clear intent okay and so that's one of the things we talked about um 
and there are dangers are lit dangers of living it's so important that scripture tells us um don't you know a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough so there's no such thing as a little bit of sin or a little bit of living or you know all this is not going to cause that much damage if you give living the opportunity to come in it's going to go as far as you allow it at some point we have to stop and say hey I'm not going to allow this thought, this stronghold to continue to come into my belief system. I'm going to make a decision to get that out. And so one thing that we mentioned was the dangers of living. As an ambassador, we have influence. So the first point we have up here is it destroys your influence. You know, we're called to be a light, a light on a, a city on a hill. And so as ambassadors, if we're doing the same thing that the world is doing, that's damaging your influence when it's time to minister to somebody or when it's time to shed light in a particular area, people won't listen to you because you look just like them. So it's important that we don't allow that leaven to come in and destroy the influence that we have as ambassadors because we all have a certain amount of influence, whether we know how strong that influence is or not. And some people do know how strong the influence is, but there is a level amount of influence that all ambassadors have. Uh, it causes you to compromise. You can't, scripture says, how long will you vacillate between two opinions? So we can't uh, put, 11 will, if you allow it, put, will put you in a position to compromise. And we definitely don't want to be compromised. Be, we definitely don't want to compromise at any point. You know, we want to definitely make sure that we are about the father's business, just like Yeshua said, there was no compromise in him. He was 100% about the father's business. And the thing about compromise is that compromising can be confusing to others. Cause it's like, okay, well, what do you believe? This day you are an ambassador, the other day you're doing this. So what, what is really going on? So we definitely wanna make sure that we are being 100% not compromising, not allowing any other influences to come in. Next, we talked about is that it creates blockages. We know that the Holy Spirit is always, always speaking to us. And ambassadors and believers can 100% know the voice of the Holy Spirit. But if a little bit of living comes in, it can, it can make you doubt or it can create a block where you start to say hmm is that really the holy spirit speaking to me or you can 100 percent know that the holy spirit has told you to go this route but a little bit of influence a little a little bit of living gets in and it's like well did the holy spirit really say that so it'll create blockages so we definitely want to make sure that we keep our i don't want to say ear gates but keep remain sensitive yes remain sensitive to the holy spirit but also remain sensitive to what we're allowing in so that we don't allow blockages to come in you know one thing that scripture tells us that the word will keep us from stumbling but if we allow things outside of the word to get in that'll cause us to stumble because we've created a block okay so the next one is that living will make you doubt truth uh i really don't have time to go into it but even in the beginning with adam and mata isa mata and it's adam and eve um though adam and Adam and Matiz and Negad were their names that Elohim gave them. But when the scriptures were translated by the Nicene Council, it, they were given the names Adam and Eve. So even if you go back to the beginning when the old serpent called the devil, 
was speaking to uh Hava, he presented an idea to her. See, they were already living in an open heaven. Elohim told them how they were to live. He had already established his laws, gave them his laws, and they knew the truth. But the servant came in and he did not dangle an apple. It was an idea. And she started to think about it. And he said, did Elohim say? And so when she received that, she started thinking about it and she started doubting when she knew the truth and she was in the open heaven. So, and I, and I share that to say that they were living in the open heaven. They had a fellowship with the father. So don't think that as ambassadors, because you know, you know, a little bit of scripture that the enemy won't plant seeds. See that same thing that he did with uh Havavin, he's still doing the same thing. Now he's still using that same tactic to get believers off make them doubt make them wonder if what i've been to what i'm what i'm learning is true because anytime truth comes trust me the enemy is going to try to challenge that so we definitely have to make sure that we are feeding ourselves with the word so that we don't allow the enemy to come in and, and trick us or step us up because he's gonna try scripture tells us he roams around like a war like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and he may do that just by planting one seed of doubt so we definitely have to make sure that we're not letting any living come in to destroy us or deter us from doing what we know is true what the holy spirit has called us to do um and the next two things and we'll put these together is that leaven leads to rebellion and it wants to destroy you so even if we mention that same example of uh, uh, Adam and Matis Nigat in the beginning. Um, once he got her to doubt and they received, she presented that idea, that thought to her husband, and they both received it. They were in rebellion and they fell. And so that's the same tactic that the enemy is wanting to do now. He wants to plant a seed. He wants to get you to rebel, get you out of position, and ultimately destroy you. Because one thing though, you gotta realize, one thing as ambassadors, you gotta know who your enemy is. You have to understand his tactics. It's not enough to know about him, but you have to know his tactics and understand how he moves to overcome him, okay? So I don't wanna get off into that, but really just wanted to do a quick re quick review on the dangers of leaven. And we'll talk about a few types of leaven. I'm not gonna go through these, so I'm, I'm just gonna mention them. Um, idolatry, religion. Religion is a huge form of le leaven especially right now you know we're in this holy week of unleavened bread and you have people celebrating easter you have people celebrating palm sunday and these are um traditions that came from, that started in rome and came from rome um <laughs> trying to see how word it is it's a compromise basically if you go back and look at the history a lot of like easter and a lot of the other holidays that are being celebrated around this time were already being celebrated before Yeshua even entered the earth and so well I won't say before he entered the earth but that was celebrated before Yeshua's uh death and so what Rome did is that they basically was just like well these festivals are already going on they just kind of mushed it together and they made it fit they made it what they wanted it to be and many people are celebrating this holiday under the impression that we are celebrating Yeshua but you're celebrating a festival of um Esther or uh Esther and I can't remember the other one's name but 
it has nothing to do with Yeshua. They have packed, <laughs> they put it, Yeshua in the grave and brought, brought him back out on Sunday and said that was three full days. And that's example of religion being passed down and being in being religion being passed down and getting deep into people's belief systems that they can't receive truth. Many people are so engulfed or convicted by their religious beliefs that when you hear something like unleavened bread, it's like, well, we don't have to do all that. Or what is that? Or they, they, people aren't open to receiving. Now things are changing. This younger generation is changing and, and turning to uh, more truth. But it's a lot of people who won't give up their Easter and will be presented with truth like unleavened bread. But because of their religious convictions are so strong that they won't receive it. So definitely don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that. But um, yeah, religion is a huge form of living, and that's just an example. Um, worldly systems, you know, last time we talked about homeschooling, but that's not the only worldly system out there that is a form of living. And we also talked about porn and hypocrisy. So we're going to go ahead and move on. So we talked about all these, what living is, the dangers of living, different types of living. So it's like now, okay, well, how do I get this living out of me? Well, the first thing is that you got to identify the source of living. You have to identify what living is. And part of that is you have to first, as ambassadors, you got to study the word. You have to go back to your creator, go back to Elohim, because there's no way of knowing. Let me rephrase that. You have to, yes, you go back to go back to the word, go back to the father, go back to studying scripture, the original scripture. Scripture tells us to study, to show ourselves approved, because if you don't know what living is, how can you get the living out of your system? How can you get these ideas out so that you can be an ambassador who is representing the kingdom of heaven at all times? And so that goes back to many times, like how we mentioned religion, people think that Easter is the truth and i'm just using easter as an example because that's the time that we're in that easter is their conviction they're gonna celebrate easter that is the resurrection of 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 jesus as they say but it has nothing to do with the original scripture it has nothing to do with elohim's design and so if you don't understand or know that that religious idea is wrong and not of kingdom, how can you get that out? So you have to go back to the father, be in his presence, be before him. That's why I'm, this week of unleavened bread is so amazing because you take that time to spend before the father in his presence. Father, get uh, renew my mind, get uh, these ideas, these sources, these ideologies, precepts and concepts out of my belief system that are unlike you and father show me your word father as i study your word illuminate your word give me revelation understanding so that i can live that out but you first got to go back and find these sources of living and i've been doing this all week i've been spending time father okay father what's in me that um that is not of you for example i was um because it is a it's a holy week and so during unleavened bread i was like oh you know i could definitely get the kids something nice to wear to our in-person assembly this weekend and I was like, wait, that's not a kingdom principle. I don't have to go buy new clothes because it's unleavened bread. That was a religious thought that was still in my belief system that I had to uproot. Because what, growing up, I celebrated Easter growing up. 
So growing up, yes, you got new clothes on Easter. I had the ruffle socks and I had the whole nine when I did go to church, I will say that. But when I went, I got new clothes. And so that's just an example of how you have to make sure that you're always being in the Father's presence, running every idea, every thought through kingdom precepts to make sure that you're not carrying religious uh, ideas into kingdom. I was trying to take a religious idea into kingdom and was so grateful that the Holy Spirit showed me, no, that's not of the Father. I didn't have to have new clothes. Them kids got plenty of stuff that they can wear. And so, no, I didn't buy anything new. I was like, you, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for that conviction. Thank you for correcting me and showing me that I had that idea in me. And so that's the, that's an example. You got to go back to the word. Got to make sure that we are allowing that word, studying that word so it can get in so that we can live it, so that we can live it out. But also getting that word in so we can push out leaven. We can push out any source of darkness that is not of the Father. So that goes back to our next point. You got to detox. You have to detox. You know, that's one thing that Dr. Larry has spent a whole lot of time on. I know Pastor Renee did a very powerful message on detoxing. So you got to got to make sure that we're always detoxing our belief system, not just during this week of unleavened bread. Yes, you spend some time before the Father, but um, during this uh, special week, but also just renewing our minds constantly, renewing our minds, refreshing our minds with the word daily. So detox it. Don't entertain it. If you know something is wrong, don't even entertain it. If something has a little bit of truth and a little bit of a lie, it's still a whole lie. Don't entertain any of it. We have to, um, so I think it's Pastor Knight that says, you cannot love the thing that's trying to send you to hell. So you cannot love the little bit of lie mixed with truth because it's gonna get you off. Same thing, it goes back to don't you know a little bit of living works through that whole batch of dough. So like, we're not gonna spend a lot of time on that because like I said, I've already talked about that. So our scripture reference here, it says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not glorify the desires of the, of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict in each other so that you do not do whatever you want. So definitely don't entertain that. If like I and just for that example that I used with um buying my kids something to wear to church on uh buying my kids something to wear to our in-person assembly this weekend as we celebrate unleavened bread. See that was that flesh trying to rise up and trying to get me to use religious practices and try to mix it with with kingdom if that and now i'm not saying don't ever buy your kids clothes or don't buy them nice clothes if they needed it that would be completely different but they have but but they didn't it was just me trying to arouse that flesh trying to uh that thought that was already in there trying to get some trying i don't want to say get some attention but trying to get me to feed into that and so right here you have i had to live out of my spirit during that moment i had to make a decision and say hey First of all, this thought isn't even of kingdom to buy them clothes. That's from another source. And secondly, I'm not going to do it. And also I had to replace it with, okay, the father didn't tell me. There's nowhere in, in scripture where the father said I had to just buy new clothes. I mean, there are things he does say that in scripture where it tells us that during these holy feasts that no man should come before him empty handed. But I'm not going to get into that right now. But I'm just focusing on that example of I had to live out of that spirit and, and 
in that very moment. And that may seem simple, but it's huge because if I would have entertained that or I would have gave in and went and bought those children clothes, what else would I have done? Or what else, what other type of excuses would I have made to continue to allow religion to dominate my belief system versus the father versus living out my my versus living out of my spirit and allowing the spirit to govern every area of my life okay so we'll move on the next point in on how to get living out is to put filters up scripture tells us above all else guard your heart but for everything you do blows from it so whatever you put in is going to come out and so we have to be careful you know dr lear has talked about this uh all through the series if you have not listened to that series on uh the dangers of a contaminated belief system go back start from the beginning it's it's um it'll, i want is <laughs> is I, I wanted to say mind-blowing but that's not the word but it will not the right right term i'm trying to say but it will really change your life if you allow it but when it comes to everything that is going on or all these ideas there are so many ideas on tv facebook social media religion um ideas that have been passed down through our families we have to filter that through uh through kingdom concepts scripture tells us that Yeshua said that if you love your mother your father whatever if you love them more than me you're not worthy you're not worthy of the kingdom you're not worthy of me and so we definitely have to make sure that because i know i've done it i would always say what well, my grandma said what well, my grandma said and and i'm not saying everything she said was wrong but some of those things as i got older and i came into the knowledge of the truth i had to realize okay well grandma wasn't right about that so we definitely have to put filters up to make sure we're filtering every single idea that is coming into our belief system because every single idea though it may seem simple has an agenda attached to it so we have to make sure that we're definitely getting that living out and not entertaining it and filtering every single thought that comes in so that takes us to our next slide is how do we get that out well you got to repent shoot the hebrew word for repent is shoot so if you've received an idea that you know that is not of the father if you and you acted out of it at some point you got to stop and you got to repent you can't fully let me pull that back up in order to repent you have to take accountability for what you've done so even going back to my um example with the kids i was like man that was still in me so i had to really change i had to do a complete turnaround with that when and a lot of times when i think about repenting i think about my children um they my son is <laughs> he is very very busy and he likes to bother his sister a lot and so a lot of times he'll like she'll play with her she's not even bothering him she's playing with his toys playing with her toys and he'll just go up and knock them all down and i'm like kid you can't do that go tell your sister sorry and he'll go say sorry Roro. but maybe 30 minutes later he's doing the same thing he never repented he just said sorry because he wasn't sorry for what he did because he continued to do that and so the thing about repenting is that when you repent you truly turn away you truly burn up that thing that sin that idea that you are uh committing and you completely turn away from that but as we go through the process of getting to living out, once you repent, you have to replace that idea. So you have to replace those bad ideas, those um, those sources of darkness that have been in your belief system with light, with truth. 
you have to have to replace that. So make sure I got my screen up so y'all can see my notes. Okay, so once we've repented shub, then we have to replace it. So we got to feast on good food. We got to make sure that we are studying to show ourselves approved. Got to make sure that we're spending time meditating on the word, allowing the Holy Spirit to illuminate his word to us, illuminate the word to us so that we can live it out. So our scripture reference here is when an evil spirit leaves a person and goes into the desert seeking rest, but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds the former home empty, swept, in order. The spirit then finds seven of the other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. So the thing is, is that it's important to know that, yes, you're uprooting these thoughts, you're getting these ideas out, but at some point you'll get tempted by that. And so if you've truly turned, then you won't entertain whatever that thing may be you won't entertain or indulge in whatever that sin that was in your life once you truly repent and replace it but then after you repent it truly repent it replace it with a kingdom idea kingdom thought kingdom concept and living it out and you're overcoming when it tries to rise back up like just for example like how many times have you heard of a person who was an alcoholic and they've been clean for 14 years and then all of a sudden they 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 trip up right so and and i'm not picking on alcoholics and i'm not saying that if you were sober for 14 years that you didn't work hard but what i'm saying at that is that it's daily you have to continue making sure that you don't allow those things to come back up because when you're done with it when you repent should really turn from it when you're done you're done with it even if it tries to uh rear its head even when it tries to get you to go back to those ways so after you repent it you replace it you got to repeat this process see because now that okay i've dealt with this what else is in me that i need to replace what else is in me that i need to make sure that i'm turning from because every day as an ambassador the desire should be to um live out the kingdom every single day because the word tells us to renew our minds daily you know you definitely don't want to don't want to die in a state of rebellion so and how do you do that you don't even you don't even allow the rebellion to get in don't even allow it an opportunity so you repeat that process and once you start to repeat that process you um and once you've been cleaned out scripture tells us okay once you got the plank out of your eye you go get the plank out your brother's eye you go help him and so one thing i want to spend just a little bit of time on is talking about the samaritan woman and so when Yeshua, if you haven't read it, it's in Yochanan chapter four, but when Yeshua, he, um, he went to the, just to give, let me slow down, just to, uh, for the sake of time, but Yeshua, when he went to, he was talking to, to the Samaritan woman and he ended up telling her, you know, things about her life and what she'd done and what was so amazing about the Samaritan woman is that you know she had these ideas about uh jews she had these uh um societal concepts and ideas that what like i said just go read the whole story whole chapter and you'll see you know well she was like well you're a jew and i'm a samaritan woman whatever but like well i shouldn't say whatever but just read it and you'll see it um but when Yeshua presented truth presented himself to her present told him who told her who he was she received that and 
when she received it and she didn't fight him she didn't resist him she was like yeah um yeah i i, I did it i did it is you know not that she was bragging about anything but but she owned up to it she took ownership accountability of what she had done and then after that what did she do i want to read this um this particular scripture and she said, then leaving her, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who has told me everything I have ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of town and made their way towards him. Okay. And I want to skip down to chapter, uh, to verse 39. So not, well, before I skip down, not only did she take ownership of it but she went and told other people she became like yeast and she started to spread and that's the thing that once we get the living out of our lives once we get truth and we start living it out you don't sit back and get fat on the word you have to go give it to others because there are other people waiting for you to come along and share what you have and and yeah i'll leave it at that um other people are waiting on you. Other people, you have purpose for other people, just like other people who came and taught you. I think about all the time, me and my husband actually talk about this a lot. I am, you know, I, I'm very grateful for the ministry that I'm a part of and been able to really grow and develop. But I think about quite a bit, what if Dr. Larry would have never submitted and obeyed? And I think about how much my life has changed. And I'm like, man, um, and, I don't want to be a vision blocker for anybody else. So definitely make sure that when you get that word, don't get fat on it, spread it, share it to others. But at the same time, you have to know who to, who to spread and share it to because everybody doesn't want it and everybody's not going to receive it. But I'm not going to go into that. So back to the Samaritan woman. So once she, um, once she, um, she owned up to it and she went out to the town and she was telling everybody about what this man had told her, what Yeshua had told him. And so skip down to 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony, because she decided to share and be like yeast and spread. Okay. He told me everything I had ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days because of his words many became believers then they said to the woman we no longer believe just because of what you said now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man is really the savior of the world and so there's a whole lot into this but i want to point out is that when she spread it when she became like yeast when she um was bold and sharing with sharing about Yeshua and other people started to see see that influence that she had it drew other people not to her but back to Yeshua and because the people were drawn to him they placed a demand on him and if you look back in that scripture it said he stayed for two more days so again he's gonna give you what you need he's gonna be there he's gonna be I mean even if you go back and go back and read the whole verse when he talked about if you come to me and drink you will thirst no more he gave them exactly what they needed but it all started because this one woman was in position and she went out and spread it she got that out of her life she got that living that the living the um societal ideas that they had but so she could those those societal ideas that she had in her she let that go so that she could receive 
truth so that she could receive Yeshua and then she went and gave it to other people and other people were drawn to Yeshua because of her. Now that is extremely, extremely powerful and it's so important as we talk about living and we talk about this Holy Week to make sure that we are getting that living out of our lives, making sure that we are living clean, always cleaning out, detoxing our belief system so that we can be that light that others need to see so that we're not vision blockers for other people who are waiting for us to come and hear the truth that the Father illuminated to our minds. So that's all that I have time for today. <laughs> I hope you guys um, have enjoyed it. You learned something. Like I said, be sure to like and share the video. Um, like I said, we are in the um, in this holy feast of unliving bread. And I hope you guys, um, if you got any questions uh be sure to go to our youtube channel there is a lot of teaching on unleavened bread and if you have any questions reach out to us we would definitely love to have you we are here in the memphis area and so 